Hey there, welcome to the Creative Metaverse Podcast, formerly known as the Game Artist Podcast. My name is Ryan Kingsline, and I'm the CEO of Vertex School, where we train creatives for the career of their lives. In this podcast, we interview amazing creatives and artists working in film, games, and building the metaverse right now. So sit back, relax, and enjoy. All right, well, Arun, man, thank you so much for joining me. Thank you. And uh, guys, welcome to uh, Arun Nagar. How do I say your last name? Nagar. Nagar. Um, mm. Tell us, what do you do right now? Let's get some introduction to you, to who you are, what you've worked on. Um, we're looking at your beautiful work if you're seeing the video of this. But what do you do? Uh, uh, I'm a 3D artist. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm from Jaipur, Rajasthan, uh, India. Uh, I, I have around uh, 10 to 11 years of experience in gaming yeah. industry. And uh, I think I have worked in... 20 uh, titles, but uh, the most notable, I think, are Call of Duty, yep. uh, Prey, uh, Rise of Tomb Raider, I think, and uh, recently work on Metro too. But uh, it was like, I think, DLC. So I'm okay. not sure. Uh, and so, what does a 3D artist mean? Uh, I mean, I guess it, we might take a second, excuse me, talk about the, the market in India, because it's a little different than, say, in the US, where there's a lot of very focused specialties but you know tell me about just what does it mean 3d artists like what's the job should uh, it's like uh, uh, we don't have much of developers here mm -hmm. uh, mostly are outsource companies mm -hmm. so most of uh, if I uh, talk about my experience job experience as a full-time artist yeah so it's like uh, I think 18 months something okay but uh, I have been freelancing for like 10 years right so I don't want to wanted to work more, uh, longer in outsource. So okay, so I'm I'm a little confused. So you mean you you've been in outsource companies for about 18 months, or you were in outsource companies before that? No, no. Uh, start of when I started as an yeah. artist. Yeah. So the my initial job was in outsource companies only. Right. But uh, I think in 2012 I left the full time job and. Yeah. Uh, started freelancing so i think there was a company in denmark which is which was called intercept entertainment at the time yeah so i was uh, modeling their characters for their yeah. game uh, rise of tomb raider i think okay no no rise of tomb raider it was not rise of it was rise of the tribe okay. i think it was a remake of uh, 93 games i Great. don't remember the name okay uh and so that started when hmm. by 2000. 2012 i have been full-time freelancer okay but Great. uh when I started job, I was already doing free, uh, freelancing. Sure. So, yeah. So um, tell me what that means. As you're freelancing, how do you get clients? Yep. Mostly when, uh, uh, basically when I started uh, as a student, yes. there was a guy called Samar Vijay. Uh, he was well known, I think back in 2009, 10, 11, 12. He's not posting any work. So he was a freelance artist. So I always wanted to be a freelancer because of uh, I, I, uh, my brother know him personally, but I'm not. Mm -hmm. So it was just like, I will do freelance, freelance, freelance. Got it. But how do you get the work? So it started with one client, one, one person that you work with. How do you get work today? Uh, mostly it is like, uh, uh, my approach was simple. First, I, I, I focus on marketing my work mostly. Okay. Right now, uh, I don't do it a lot. Like in 2014 to 15, I have, I'm not that active online. But uh, before that, I was publishing my work too much. So I always get my client by their side. Uh, I am not, I'm not approaching right now clients. Yeah. But uh, this is kind of like uh, we can say 
uh, uh, be good enough that client approach you, yeah. uh, you and you don't have to approach them something right. like <laughs> yeah that's the ideal situation that's a good position to be in um and right. so but there's a, there's a big world there and i guess that's kind of one of the things i wanted to talk to you about and i wanted to unpack here because i you know i got a lot of students in and um, freelance is, is one of the ways in. It's, it's, it's interesting because it's one of the ways that people kind of start, and it's also one of the ways that people kind of finish. Um, mm -hmm. So uh, there's a couple of things I wanted to unpack there. First, you know, what does it mean? How do you market your work, and, and how would you market your work today? And then the other part of that is, is what does it mean to be good enough? So from your experience, what is it that people are specifically looking for that makes you good enough so why don't we start with that last point which you know what does it take for you to be good enough what does somebody have to present and make sure that they're showcasing in their portfolio i think it should be complete pipeline you should have you should know yeah. about sure. the pipeline completely and Otherwise, that means all the software right like marvelous designer yeah. substance marmoset unreal hmm. pipeline is important you sure. just uh, like a uh, lot of people don't uh, just do uh, gbrush only but uh, they are they mostly don't know about the full pipeline right. but i have been publishing my work like uh, uh, high poly low poly uvs bake sometimes i also put bakes and then texture yeah uh, i used to share a lot of information about my workflow so it was easy for me to get clients at that stage and uh, also when i started i participated in a lot of competition so i think at that time i think in back in 2010-11 a lot of people know me mm -hmm. before i even get the job in the industry publicity is good uh, if you want to be a freelancer yeah so let's talk about publicity but before we do that um you said the key things are pipeline make sure yes, that you yes. show um your process so that means like show bakes and things like that can become really important right yeah um and then the key operative thing which i've heard over and over and over again is to not to not show just digital sculpts but to show the whole complete thing. pipeline yeah. Yes, yes. Because most people get enamored with ZBrush and, and that's that mm -hmm. I'm one of them. You know, I love ZBrush, you know, and above <laughs> all else. Um, but at the end of the day, you know, that doesn't get you a uh, uh, As a freelancer, I think they get job. Uh, the guys uh, would only do ZBrush also get the job in. Uh, but uh, I think it's better if you know the whole pipeline. So does that yeah. include X-Gen or how does how does hair and things like that work into your role as a character artist? I have tried X-Gen only once. So, mm -hmm. so fiber <laughs> mesh is enough for you? I'm not you. Uh, I'm not doing characters actually. Mm -hmm. Right now, three, four years, I am mostly doing props and sometimes I do character. Actually, I'm not a character artist only. Okay, so great. I like, some, sometimes I like to do props, sometimes I like to do weapons and uh, I kind of accept every kind of work. Even I work on a stylized. It's better, I think, if you know everything in freelance. Also, there right. are a lot of people who like to prefer niche, doing like only one. And that, do, uh, I think, yeah, I think that's also a good approach. But I like to do everything. Okay, that's awesome. All right. So, but I'm looking at your portfolio and I see all character work. Yeah, most of my personal work are character work. But professionally, I also do those work. Like and, uh, if you see in my portfolio, there are some. I think this this is a personal work which I it was a fan art of Fallout 76. It's a prop. I like this kind of stuff as well, and mostly I do this kind of work. So Mo mostly the the prop work, right? Yeah, I think 70% okay. prop work. 
And does that, uh, do you find that the character work, you know, because I'm trying to unpack what you do and how it, the whole picture of you as a freelancer. And so this is a really interesting angle where it's, you, you focus on character. And I mean, I'm looking uh -huh. at your anatomy. Your anatomy is great. Um, mm -hmm. But the day job is in props, which makes sense to me. But can you kind of explain how that works in terms of the freelance? Like, why are people coming to you for props if you've got a bunch of characters no it's uh, i think the random clients who i get yeah mostly contact me for characters but the okay. regular clients um, whom i'm working for like uh, four years five years yeah they give me props kind of thing so i'm continuing with the regular client because they make the life easy right the random clients the random clients uh, i think i have to work sometimes late nights other things yeah i like regular clients if money is less that's fine yeah, but there's Life more stability. Yeah. 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 Uh, so you've got what? How many regular clients? Four or five? I think two, three regular clients two? and two, three only. Okay. But great. they, I am working uh, just like a comp There is a company like Art Bully. I yeah. have been working with them like five years. There we go. Yeah. So that uh, this is my regular client, one of. Okay. And there are other other clients. Uh, I think it's from Japan. I yeah. did work like 14 character for this client last yeah. year okay so awesome all right so art bully is one of the principal clients that you have yep you've had for a while mm -hmm. and um how did you get connected with them like what was the impetus that connected you with them uh, i don't remember i think it was like 2013-14 hmm, that is a long uh, time i think i was recommended or something i don't know but it was it has been like six years or something. So what is the job that you're producing for them now? Um, they they email you and they say, hey, Arun, we have um, we have this project. Uh, how does that work? And what I'm really looking to do is just sketch out with the freelancer. Like you wake up in the morning, you get an email from mm -hmm. these guys. Are you working every week? Um, things like that. So mostly I get a concept art. Yeah. Uh, if I'm doing like uh, art will you recently release uh, this character. Yeah. I think they they did raise two characters. Yeah. Uh, we did uh, them like last year. So this is the character I did for them. Mm -hmm. I think they have, they uh, they just posted it one hour ago. Something. Oh sweet! Great timing. So, Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> so this awesome. is the character I did for them. Yeah. And I think they told me about this. Uh, I think two months ago we mm -hmm. will be publishing this. But uh, I don't have the best image. So I was waiting for them. So this is the character I did for this game okay so uh, can we look at that oh sure so what um with this character you're given a character and you don't see yourself as a character artist you see yourself as a 3d artist right so i want to yes, be clear yes. there uh but mm -hmm. you'll do character you'll do prop do you do environment or no 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 environment okay yeah it's a beast character and... props weapon uh vehicle sometimes vehicles okay cool uh now when they give so uh our bully sends you an email they send you concept uh, what mm -hmm. happens then? What, what's the process for deliver? Um, for you creating? Are you creating for a week? Do you have some back and forth? You know, and then what's your deliverables? Uh, firstly, I start with the base mesh. So yeah. when after that we send the screenshots and files to the client. Yeah. And then uh, uh, he give uh, the client give give us feedbacks about if there is any. Uh -huh. Then we go for the high poly. And uh, like in this, I have used marvelous designer too. Okay. And yep. uh, then we, after Marvelous Designer, we finalize the folds and everything in ZBrush. Mm -hmm. Then we go for a low poly UVs, big face. Uh, we have to approve every stage before 
moving to the next and then we finalize texture in substance so main pipeline is uh, like uh, we start with maya okay. and sometimes we go to marvelous designer then we go to gibrush for final details then yeah. again come back to maya maya or max whichever the requirement for the project Mm-hmm. Then bake in substance and again text finalize the texture in substance and export. That's it. Okay, high resolution. Then you do your low resolution. That's what you're going back into Maya or Max for, right? To do the UVs yes. and all that. And yes. then uh, the texture. So you're you're responsible for three phases. Yep. Um, yes. So to speak. Uh, mm-hmm. When you're in the substance phase, this is something uh-huh. that my students and I experience a lot, uh, there's a gap between what it looks like in substance and what it looks like in Unreal or Marmoset or, or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, so how do you guys handle, how do you handle that pipeline and is there back and forth at that stage? Uh, I think for the client, uh, whatever work I have done for the clients, I think mm-hmm. most, most of them was, they were happy in the substance. Okay. So I never checked in Unreal. But for the personal work, what I do is uh, I, like I don't uh, do personal work in Unreal. I like to prefer Marmoset. Yeah. So uh, especially when we get problem in roughness, I think. So right, I like yeah. to export uh, every 10 to 15 minutes the maps to the uh, Marmoset and check yeah. the visual. Like this character, I, I will show. Yeah. It looks different in uh, uh, Substance, but uh, this looking like this in looking better in Marmoset. So I yeah. was. I was doing there something else, but it looking like this. Yeah, that looks great. Yeah, I, I think I was inspired for Kratos and mm. I have other other refer- uh, work in progress shots too. Let me share That's almost them. a um, a sadhu version. Yeah, these are my work in progress shots for this character. Like uh, this is my general pipeline. Like this is the day one, day one, and this is block out stage. Yeah. Then day two, improved little bit. Then day three just working on the head yeah day four uh one more step in the head day five a uh, little bit improvement for the beard uh-huh. day six uh, this is day seven this is day eight and i was detailing the beard in this stage day nine this is day 10 and day 11 this so this head was done in 11 days for me especially i took a lot of time for this beard I was just experimenting a lot, look and feel. Mm-hmm. And then it started with this uh, bake, bake and best texture. I think it was like day 12 for me. Yeah. I was free at that time, <laughs> no project at that time. Yeah. And this kind, this is day 13, a little bit uh, improvement in best texture and feel. These, these are Marmoset screenshots, day 14, day 15. Uh, this is the time when I decided that I will go for the Indian version for this character. Mm-hmm. not the white skin guy and day 17 and then i took some reference for this uh, paint mask it was like day 18 then i started i was uh, i used accent for this character for the mm-hmm. first time yeah so i think it was not the best but if i do uh, if i use accent again i think i can do better uh, i was using maps these cards like this is unique this is unique and then i used Two, three kind of this this or this this and this are same mm-hmm. but uh, what i was using that i was changing the base color of this this is day 21 like uh, the original texture for this uh, hairs hairs was like this but mm-hmm. i have added some yellow because i think 
this pen mask will chip off a kind of effect will go there so this yellow beard effect kind of then it was like day 23 for me and this 24 day so the head i gave around 24 days for this character oh, and God. and this is kratos version but i think beard was a little big for yeah it. i love so that idea kind, so this is the my this is my pipeline for character like this and uh, there are a lot of close-up screenshot dude that's intense tell me okay so let's unpack this a little bit do you mind if we dive into this a bit yeah all right so um i want to get into the skin and the specularity but i think i want to look at that beard uh, that's pretty intense mm -hmm. so what was your Thanks. process for creating this so uh, i can explain i think from here so uh, i have used i was using this kind of chunk so, so, so first you're segmenting it with like um with like an insert tube or clay tube brush or something like that right yes 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 so okay. these are my base yeah and uh, then i was doing a little bit uh, sculpting mm -hmm. and when you, when you, sorry to interrupt when you sculpt um what are the brushes you're using you're using uh it looks like you're using snake hook for the edges am i wrong yeah i was using a snake hook for this one and are you using dynamesh mode yep okay. uh, i am um, my main brushes are like a standard brush clay tube brush uh, more tool dam standard and uh, flat uh, inflate brush inflate yeah brush. All right. That's it. Sorry, I mean, I meant by Dynamesh mode. I mean, are you using Sculptors Pro or? I'm using Dynamesh. Okay, so you just move it, Dynamesh it, move it, Dynamesh it. Yep, yep. And then sculpt it. Okay. Yes. So then going for this little detail and still experimenting with what is looking good for this character. Mm -hmm. Then one, but uh, this is another stage where I was detailing the beard little more. So mm -hmm. I wanted to get get some heavy look or something. Dense look, I, I will say. Mm -hmm. Then I started one by one. So I think the beard, this detail in the beard took, I think, three days to me. I started, but I <laughs> regretted it on this. <laughs> Why did I start it? But uh, there are a lot of details. How did you do it, though? Was it because what I'm seeing here, um, I mean, I think you're using a cavity inside the render, correct? Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, so that's highlighting. More detail. Yes, yes, yes. But how'd you sculpt it? Were you using? Uh, I think I was using. I uh, I think I was using only dam standard. Okay. And then snack hook brush for the ends only. Okay. So All right. And with the with Damien standard brush, you'd probably I'd assume you you both push in and you're pulling out, right? Yes, yes, yes. Okay, and that's so that's how you're getting the ridge is by pressing Alt and pulling those nice lines out. Mm -hmm. okay. And then later, later stage, I was uh, I did some I added some uh, uh, single strands like uh, these strands, single hairs to yeah. get the variation and better look like I must okay. say. Uh, yeah, yeah, the strands definitely help. Huh? Um, I saw Mike DeFeo do that actually in uh, when he was designing the characters for Secret Life of Pets. That was a strategy he did. He put a little a little separate strand of mm -hmm. polygons in there, and it just helped sell it. Yes, um, yes. And when you look at this from a distance, you know it really rocks because it's like you see all of this detail, and you're like, "Holy crap! Did he X-Gen that? Like, how did he do that?" And that's all just a sculpt. Yes, yes. All right. This is great. Okay. So uh, I have a sense of that. We had a sense of the X-Gen, but we did that. Oh, can we look at your eyebrows real quick? Um, always something I think people, I think you did a great job. Look at the way those are weaving. Um, that's a, this is a fantastic job. I think I did a uh, base sculpt in this, like in this area, there is a base sculpt for the eyebrows. And then 
single hairs just placing them randomly to get this look this is not fiber mesh no this is not fiber mesh i have used fiber mesh too in some other project uh, like this one but i think it was like three years ago so i don't remember the pipeline exactly and uh, i have shared a couple of tutorials too for this mm -hmm. dr strength fan art and i have shared some pipeline about the fiber mesh too in this and uh, this one looks like this yeah got it what made you do polygons over fiber mesh uh i i didn't get it well in would why'd you switch like in the uh sadhu kratos you used mm -hmm. polygons as opposed to fiber mesh i think i like different different pipeline and different project yeah uh, just experimenting I'd, I'd, yeah experiment in personal work we can do it and i think we should do it if we along those lines if we go back to your rage character what kind of timeline are you given on projects like this uh i think it uh, i think six week something okay and that's assuming uh, some six back weeks, and forth. Uh -huh. yes six weeks for the whole character high poly uh, low poly uv's back texture everything within six weeks uh, there was no head uh, i i think i sculpted heads uh, head too but uh, i think they have changed it okay <laughs> did you do the body I, too the hands and the legs and all that yes yes i did hands and body all right then um so let's take a look at the specularity then that's the next thing i think that's important um for for people that are figuring this out so if we look at your marmoset file mm -hmm. uh in in or in terms of creating you know really good skin and and i don't mean i mean i mean realistic but i'm not realism's not like the end all be all for me i just mean like what is something that presents itself well to a client or a potential client that that makes them say oh i i could use this person for project x or project y um so all i'm trying all i'm really angling for is, you know, is um what helps somebody in what in the way we talk, talk about it in the boot camps what helps somebody become a job candidate like at what point does their work transition from when you know they're a student to oh yeah i could hire them for x so in terms of the skin um mm -hmm. what do you think is the most important thing for somebody to really lock down i think best textures and uh, uh, actually it's hard to explain <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, i think overall look should be uh, as far as i say my style is more kind of a realistic so yep. i always try to match with the real references sometimes i push things here and there but uh, i like to match with other references mm -hmm. and uh, i think the pipeline is most important part again okay for me one of the things that is really problematic with skin is the specularity the roughness yep it is uh and that's the thing that sells it because I, I i was i was um ex i was showing some students one of my one of my projects and one of the things that struck me as i was explaining it was that the specularity and i'm just gonna use the old word for it uh it's mm -hmm. what really makes skin skin like it that's what highlights and really shows skin off uh so what do you do uh in your characters to 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 get that roughness working the specularity i think i i do a lot of uh, manual work first uh, uh these days we use a map curvature right uh, i think it it gives a good base then okay. i do a lot of lot of uh, manual work like okay. uh, if uh, we see in close ups there are like these sweats and then i have given little extra specularity around the eyes i think it gives good indian look mm -hmm. can i see your map i mostly for yep uh, where we can scatter translucency glossiness so you set your gloss to one and just control it with the values inside the map. 
Yes, yes. And then, uh, oh, you're not using specular. You're using um, metalness. Uh, roughness. Uh, no, I mean so in your reflectivity, the advanced metalness. But, so this uh, is the kind of map I'm using. Only rough, I'm using in only roughness in this map. Okay. These are like uh, stripes, and uh, this is the mask, paint, paint mask. Mm -hmm. I think there is not there is not a lot of work in this task. Do you put pores in in the roughness or no? Yes. Okay. Uh, and I get pore details from I think curvature map. Okay. And then do you sculpt the pores manually or do you use texturing.xyz or something like that? I know the pipeline for the X, X, uh, XYZ, but I haven't used it yet because oh, you, you do it by hand. Awesome. Yeah. I'm old school kind of. Yeah, guy. that's good though. I mean, it's, it's, for me, I like texturing.xyz because it educates you as to what pores look like, you know, and if you just go in, if my students just go in and they just start sculpting pores manually, it's like, it's a big learning curve. Um, yep. And I remember talking to um, Brian Wade and some VFX guys way back in the day. And those mm -hmm. are guys like, I mean, they practice, they study, they spent years, you know, it's a craft to do it by hand. So it's important to learn it, you know, and get a sense of it. Um, so when you come into the eyes, this is all hand sculpted wrinkles. Yes, yes, yes. All That's, hand sculpted. Yeah. I like manual. I like to do manual work a lot. Yeah. And not tech. I'm not that uh, good technically. Really? It doesn't show. Sure. <laughs> So I think for the eyes, I, I haven't seen, actually my every project looks different from other projects. <laughs> sure. Like um, but if you could unpack those, that eye form, I think it'd be really cool. Cause I know I have some students that would love to get in and do that. And both yeah. of those eyebrows are sculpted manually. No, I'm using here, I think alpha cards for the eyebrows. Okay. Oh, right. Sorry. I forgot I was in Marmoset there for a second. So here are some details, and I think the tear mesh. This there you like, go. This is tear mesh. Yeah. Also transition mesh. mesh. Mm -hmm. uh, can I mesh. see? Yeah. Can I? Can you click the eyeshadow mask? Let me just see the geometry on that. Sphere render wireframe. There we go. Okay. Mm -hmm. So and your this tear, is the tear mesh. Okay. The tear mesh is basically a tube, correct? Yep. This and, tube and this is small yeah. tube. Okay, great. And do you just lay that down inside of ZBrush? No, I use mes mostly Maya for this kind of eye setup. Okay, fine. Uh, and then the eye shield, do you call it eye shield? I think you call uh, eye shadow mesh. Eye shadow mesh. Yeah. It gives little bit effect, little effect of, I think, give okay. better results. And that's just, it covers basically half of the eye. Hmm. And then there is eye mesh. I think this is not the final, final say. Oh. I have two different eyes. <laughs> Got it. Both are looking different. Uh, this one is this, and this is I am calling dead eye. Yeah. I think I'm using different texture for this and mesh. Then I have this earring mesh. Right. Is then this is cornea mesh. Yeah. Do you use a refraction for the eyes to get that? Uh, I'm not using that actually. What do you if on your cornea? Um, what kind of transparency are you? Let me cornea. Where is cornea mesh? Okay, this is the material for the cornea. Okay, and so your transparency set to add. Yep, add full, and uh, there is I think this value for the glossiness. And I'm using metalness for one. Okay. Treating cornea as a metal. I, okay. There is no fixed value for me. I like to experiment for these values. Whatever looks good, I think I, it doesn't matter for me. I think. Yeah. Yeah, I, I get it. It should look good. I, I tell the my students all the time that because we're all, when we're learning we're always looking for the recipe and then I interview artists and I you know I'd work myself and that's like there's no recipe um, 
you just got to be the cleverest monkey at the end of the day. Going out there, trying things out and seeing what goes on. Um, and that's what helps educate you so that you can actually yeah. be more valuable to your team too, I think. Yes, yes. Uh, all right. So um, if you don't mind, I would love for you to kind of, you, um, if you have the, the brain, if you have the space for it, to um, talk to me about the the transition of hair to the low poly, so the cards. So in the eyelashes, you use cards. Yes. And um, in the eyebrows, yeah. you're using cards. Yes. All right. Uh, so uh, I, if I saw correctly, you actually do the eyelashes inside of ZBrush, probably fiber mesh or individual. No, no, no. I'm again using Maya for this. Extend? Uh, I, no, no. These are manually. I have put these cards manually. Yes. This, this. Same for this beard. Got it. So How do you create the this... cards? Do you mind explaining or, or walking us through that just a tiny bit? Actually, I haven't done a lot of work for the hairs, mostly yeah. in freelancing. Yeah. The this kind of work uh, clients handle themselves, or they sure. have specialist for the hairs. Yeah. So I don't get a lot of work. I or I say hardly get any work for the hairs. Yeah. Mostly Almost... clients handle themselves. So this is kind of uh, experiment. Maybe not the best techniques. So this is all manual work. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Fair like, enough. Like uh, if uh, I share the screenshots again. I started with the black uh, base for the, this is the base, black mesh yeah. base. Then I layer this, these cards. Then I went for another layer of cards. Keep picking uh, if they look good in every angle. Mm. Then another layer of cards. I have, and then another layer of cards. Four layers. This is another layer of cards. So there, there's, I think I have spent, I think three days for arranging these cards only. Okay. Mostly what I was meaning was the eyelashes and the eyebrows. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. So uh, if we're talking about your eyelashes, you've got eyelash card. Do you have, um, for the lower eyelash, do you have just one card that you use? Do you have multiple cards? I think I have two, three variations for the eyelashes. Okay. For, uh, I think if we come closer. Yeah. I think there, there will be this card, yes. this card, and this card. Then I just repeat them. Okay. Scale up, scale down every single mesh to get yeah. the final result or something I want. And that mesh, you're using transparency set to add, I think, or you set it to dither. Uh, I have to see this. <laughs> I know, I'm sorry, I I'm asking remember. so many technical uh, and I really appreciate the patience. Beard card, these are beard cards. I think we can see here as well. So this is the normal map, gloss map, albedo, occlusion, yeah, cavity, alpha. Yeah. Sending it to dither, of course. Um, so, there, I think that explains it actually too. So um, with the eyelashes, are the eyelashes on this, like you have one atlas that has all your hair on it. Are the eyelashes on that atlas too? Uh, I, I didn't get what is atlas. <laughs> this, um, this uh, one image that's got all of the examples. I think these are the eyelashes meshes. Yeah. Okay, that answers the question. This it's texture. All, it's all one texture. And then I'm you just move the UVs. Yeah, yeah. That's great. How do you create this, that image? Do you paint that image in Photoshop or? For this, I think I uh, I don't remember. I think I was using Xen for this, or maybe I need in my folder. Actually, I do a lot of work, clients' mm -hmm. work, so I, I just forget about the yeah. personal work sometimes. No, I appreciate uh, I appreciate you allowing me to deep dive into this because this is the kind of technical things that it's like you and I were able to kind of just get in and do and work, and we're just interested in the result. But it's but it stops people in the yeah. early stages, and they and they can spend days just thinking through something. Yes, uh, I think I will not. Uh, sorry, I, I couldn't mm -hmm. find the folder for this. All good. All good. Um, 
can we look uh can you turn the wireframe off and let's just look real close at it and that should be enough for us to i think this is painted hand painted i have used exzens too but i think in this i did hand painted work okay that's cool though because i mean that that's like you know it's easy to get to think of how technical you can get but i mean if i was looking at those eyelashes i was starting to think you know it's like these is you can see all the detail and whatnot but it does look painted um and i'm looking at your albedo map you know and so these are just you know uh although i mean you look at your occlusion map and your occlusion map and the cavity that looks pretty mm -hmm. um that's really neat uh, to Thank go in there yeah can i see your alpha map can you just um highlight the alpha map this is the alpha map oh sorry i mean the one you're using for transparency is it you're using yeah you're oh. using the diffuse and you're using the alpha okay i get it uh and then your occlusion map i think that'll be the last i bug gift maps <laughs> you gotta turn the red green this yeah is, this looks painted uh, too yeah it is painted so, i don't remember actually so awesome that's pretty cool arun man thank you so much for allowing me to um deep dive into that uh you know i think it's it's really quite fascinating Mm -hmm. um, all right, let's head over to your art station since we're looking at your screen. And mm -hmm. I want to make sure everybody knows uh, where to find you. And then I've got a couple more questions, and then uh, I want to open this up for people as well. Um, okay. In fact, uh, we can start with Gus, the technical, while we're still on that framework. Um, Gus is asking, uh, are all those maps 4K in resolution? And that kind of uh, asks the question of when you're doing your per personal work, because your personal work is what I'm interested in, not the production, because in production, they'll have mm -hmm. requirements and they'll inform everybody. When you're doing your personal work, the, per the work that is Im important for kind of getting you jobs, um, what kind of resolution do you work with? Do you work with 4K, 2K, 8K? Uh, I think it depends on project to project. Like uh, yeah. if uh, I share this, uh, in this uh, probe, I was using 2K map. Okay. Because this is a small prop, I think my idea is to do some work which uh, clients find similarities to yeah. use mean in their project or something. So this asset is using 2K map around uh, like I have written it and add thousand triangles, which I think is normal for AAA titles. And then if uh, I share this prop, uh, I have used it around two 2K size map and two 1K size map for this whole book and for the substance file i'm using double resolution because uh, when we get client uh, in freelance as well they always prefer to get uh, double resolution in working mm -hmm. files but for final like if uh, they want 2k map in the game they prefer in the substance final substance file to get double resolution like okay. if uh, 2k to 4k just double okay. resolution awesome all right guys um questions start asking your questions getting your questions out there this would be a great time um there's a couple of things i've learned from this that i think are really important uh really kind of diving in and looking at uh the roughness channel i think really cool looking at the hair and uh, arun deep diving into that was to allow us to kind of see that uh so uh, arun if somebody is let's say let's say somebody's in india today and just mm -hmm. getting started um mm -hmm. you're in you're in jaipur which is in the west i think right rajasthan yes. Yes, yeah that's yes. the desert part mm -hmm. um my my wife and i we have a house in delhi which is yeah. still under construction <laughs> eight years later uh mm -hmm. and um so we went to rajasthan oh my god it was so beautiful and uh it's got to be crazy hot there now yes it is yeah, uh, it's it's around I think 45 degrees centigrade, 45, Wait, 46. Dude, I don't hear 40. I don't hear centigrade above 30. Um, 45 <laughs> centigrade is got to be 
how much is that? I'm looking right now. 113 it's degrees. It's a lot. <laughs> oh my God. And uh, AC is not a big thing in India yet. So. No, no, it's not. So are you on the roof? Because that's where we were last time it was hot. You yep. Just hang, hang out on the roof at night. Yep. Um, all right. So let's say somebody's in India and, um, mm -hmm. and they're getting started now. And mm -hmm. it's a global marketplace. So you yes. have clients, you work for yourself essentially, but you have clients. Um, mm -hmm. So let's just talk for a second to that guy who's in India, that girl who's in India and, and they're going to get started. Um, and they have, they also have the option of working at an outsourced company, which, you know, I know from some of my students that have done that is it's pretty brutal um, mm -hmm. work. Let's say we want to prepare them to go the path you're doing, which is to be their own person, start their own business, do their own freelance, get clients. Um, what would you do differently today to help you get there faster? I think it's uh, first we uh, we have to do good job, good work. Yeah. As an artist, and then we have to smartly publish work, mm -hmm. like uh, Facebook market. There there are a lot of options like Facebook marketing. I think I had Facebook page too a lot of years ago, I think back mm -hmm. in 2012. I'm not using that no more. Uh, I think as uh, the time art station came, I think all those Facebook pages and are not that great. Mm -hmm. So I think to start as a freelancer, I must say, uh, do a lot of work, uh, stay in pub, uh, people's eye, people eye mm -hmm. and uh, good job, uh, do good job. Uh, what else I say? I think it's good enough. We if, have to consist. It's it should be consistently. Yes. And that makes a lot of sense. Consistently being out there. Publish. Yes, yes. Is it important for people to hit Facebook Art Station? Is there any particular forums that people should be hitting that you that you think are useful? I think Art Station is number one at this time, and uh, Facebook is also great. And uh, and uh, I think Instagram too, but I think it's hard to get a lot of followers there. Facebook yeah. is better, especially I think there is a group called 10,000 hours Pixelosi. I have I have got a lot of work from these groups like Facebook. Uh, also, uh, I think these days uh, forums like Polycount is not that uh, good for uh, these are great, but people are not using them as much they used to use uh, like back in five years ago, six years ago. Right. That's awesome. Uh, Corinne is asking about pores. Is there some recommendation you have for people who are going to study um, manually sculpting pores and skin deep pores? I think I have seen some tutorials from you <laughs> back in 2009. <laughs> yeah. Uh, actually, I learned gibberish from you. I think you were ah. posting. Yeah. Uh, back in 2008, I was in an institute, which mm -hmm. I think you call a school. Yeah. So there was no gibberish. In our institute, no one using ZBrush. So I was looking at what I can do better. Uh, I think there were I, I stayed there only three months. So my school time is like three months only. Mm -hmm. Then I uh, self-study for like two years to get my first job. So at that time I was learning ZBrush from you. That's awesome. From your That's... tutorials, like uh, I think you was posting in Pixelosi or something. Yeah, yeah that's about the time I think I was still working there, or I was working at Nomen in, in 2008. I can't remember right now. This company I got now is about 10 years old. Yep. But uh, right. uh, but yeah. there was only guy at that time who was sharing tutorials for ZBrush. I think it was only you. Yeah, I think and you're I don't right. Remember anyone. And I remember anyone. there was yeah. I think there was uh, there was other one or two guys too, but uh, they don't uh, they didn't continue. Right. You are still here. 
Yeah, me and Mike, although I'm not teaching ZBrush these days, but Mr. Pavlovich is out there doing a fantastic job. Him and Pablo. Pablo are do is doing it as well. Yeah. All right, Arun, man, thank you so much for sharing your project, your wisdom and all that stuff. I really appreciate you taking the time. I know it's super late there. That's okay. All right, guys, thanks for joining me. And uh, you know where to find Arun. And can we go back to your art station main page? Yep, main page. Okay, Arun it just is all right there. You see it on screen, A-R-U-N dash N-A-G-A-R. Head over there, give him a follow. Um, and then you can uh, check out, he's got some tutorials and stuff posted in there as well. Again, Arun, man, take care. Thanks. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Yeah, all right, see you guys. All right, thank you so much for taking the time out to listen to this. And I want to ask just two things of you. Number one, make sure to leave a comment or rank this wherever you are listening to it on Apple, uh, Stitcher, Spotify. Really makes a difference in helping us get the word out about this industry and about what we do. Number two, make sure you visit vertexschool.com to learn more about what programs we offer in this area as a creative and for artists who are looking to jumpstart their career and discover a new industry. Again, thank you so much for listening. We're accepting applications right now, so I look forward to hearing from you soon.